Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of Born Offside for this week. And we've got something a little special for you. Claude's has subbed out. And we're very lucky. Got a good sub, though. Yeah. Great I think sub. a very high-quality sub. This is amazing. And we've got an injured uh, so Olan I'm, I'm still, unfortunately. <laughs> but Daniel Georgievsky, welcome to Born Offside. Thank you for having me, guys. It's amazing to have you here. We're very excited because you... I guess you've had a really interesting football experience in terms of you currently play in PL, you've played yeah. A-Leagues, you've played Croatia, you've played for Macedonia. Played in yeah. Yeah. yeah, played everyone, man. Played a few places. Decorated incredible footballer. experience in <laughs> not playing. Not too much, in... not too much. You know, uh, those players that have 12 teams in their career, like, come on, man. Better yeah. than the two of us, 100%. shall we say. 100%. Yeah. But the majority in Australia, to be fair. Yeah. So. I think also playing for North Macedonia, representing that really strong Macedonian community that we have here. There's a lot to unpack with that and talk about because I think the experience in itself would be really cool. Um, but let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your early days at Marconi and then that move, that initial move to Croatia. Well, if we're going back even earlier, I was yeah. at Blacktown Demons, which okay. now is Blacktown City, and I got yeah. cut at under 13s. Oh, wow. Apparently, I don't know if I was that good. Well, they said you were too small. No, the TD cut me. I think because when I got there, I was under 11s and I was tall, and then everyone shot up, and I was the small uh, guy. But then I went to Marconi, and ooh, and it was um it was a good experience because every year that I was playing in my youth, mm. we either become minor premiers or we won the grand final. So I was in that mix, but I was never considered a good player. Was you always a uh, left back then? No, I was um, so I was playing so like back ten? three, like a stopper. Yeah, and then I was playing in the midfield, which I loved. You know, just yeah. ran up and down, and then the coach put me as a. I did my knee for about six weeks, oh, wow. so I just started playing on my left. I had no idea how to do it before, and no then he way. put me left back and left centre-back yeah, and I scored like five goals in six games and he just From kept From centre-back? Yeah. Is that kind of crazy that the injury That's... almost led to you maybe discovering that, that I had a left foot? Well, I couldn't use my right. I had to be in a brace for like six weeks. Similar to so you so, playing so in a brace? Just, so I was just um, at home just with a little soccer ball. Uh, supposed yeah, to be doing homework, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, it yeah, worked out for you. It worry. worked out and then I ended up playing left and then... Yeah, and then I started... Then I got um, just got a highlight reel and I sent it to my uncle in Macedonia and... The under-21s coach goes, look, I'll give it to under-19s coach and figure it out. It was one of those old school in the bottom left-hand corner has the date and time and all that. My mum was videotaping it and, you know, I just hear my dad, like, watch the goal. Like, you can hear him in the background. We didn't know how to do footage. It was all Mm -hmm. VCRs. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, cut a long story short, I got called up um, for the juniors when I was still playing in Macedonia and had a great couple of friendlies. Flew back up for the Euro qualifier versus Croatia, Portugal, and Israel from memory, and had a great tournament. And some agent called and said, "Look, when your season finishes, come up." So you be... still, so you were you still with Marconi at that point? I was so still Marconi, Marconi, so I was flying. I flew up a couple of times, yeah, oh, for that yeah, for the international stuff, and then 
here I was like hoping that that could have gotten me into first grade and mm. the A-League had just started. So mm -hmm. it was, uh. NSO had finished, A-League started and I was in no AIS, I was in no football New South Wales so teams, no school. System. I was not part of That's crazy. The so system. You, were, you were kind of playing international football, but you were almost not recognised in Australia. Not at all. That's I was wild. I was playing standard, which yeah. I think that should have been mm. okay. But no, I wasn't part of the you know there was a lot of boys from Westfields West, at school yeah. Westfield academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were all, they were all there, but I was just never one of them. And I went, okay, fair enough. Did it feel exclusionary at the time? Like, could you tell that even though you were having this international experience, that not being a part of that academy? like everyone else who was kind of doing it that way made mm. it more difficult for you? Well, I didn't really look at it, to be honest. I yeah. would um, just play my game and then go home. Mm. I never watched an NSL game mm. growing up. I never watched the first grade. Um, and I just just wanted, to be fair, I was watching Super Saturdays Rugby League. Oh, when really? I got home, I never watched Watch soccer. Yeah, who'd you go for? Oh, I used to go for everybody. <laughs> but my family moved and they came. for everybody. Yeah, I just love watching watch all the NRL games. Here? Not nowadays, no. Oh. When I moved to Victory... That's another story, and I um, yeah. got along got along with a lot of the Melbourne Storm boys, okay. and they were just super cool. Yeah. So I just followed them, and now they're all gone. So uh, um, well, now like I just Cooper Cronks and stuff. Yeah, Cooper Cronk. Um, um, I didn't get along with him that much. It was more the other players. Like <laughs> yeah. he was, he was that like same... that's a whole different yeah. kettle of fish. But okay. I, you know the Adokar and all that. They were cool. Cameron yeah. Smith. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Smith. Yeah, Cam they were Munster. All, Cam Munster. Sorry, yeah, yes. Um, they were all cool. Like they were the ones coming up, and you know we were. All Share the change room, oh. but I was a rugby oh. league boy. But my dad never let me play it. Oh wow! Typical wog man. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's so sport. true. It like, is so true. He goes, you want, you want to smack me in the back of the head? He goes, that'll that's where you're gonna be copying. So he goes, don't even bother. Yeah, never. Yeah. But no, I was never in that system. Going back to football, yeah. Um, yeah, just never happened in that way. And even though I played international, came back and they said you're gonna still play reserves. And I went, not even one training session with the first team, not one. So wow, I just um. Went, yeah, took a punt and got a, got an opportunity and went over there and figured it out. What was the crazy craziest experience playing overseas? Just one thing that stands out to you. The whole eight years. <laughs> no, yeah, I, was I could believe that. Bit of a time. I can honestly say, um, probably winning the first championship. There's probably two moments. So, mm. the first. To put it frank, the first year I was like in the juniors at Dinwa Zagreb and at the time was Luka Modric there and wow. I was training with the team for some time. So That's I, so cool. But That's my nice. phones went out then, so I didn't really know what the hell was going on. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, was, Skype was out in my You're space. You're kind of like in your own universe. I was in my own time. world, but I was yeah. training twice a day, every day for a year, learning the football, That's the so European football. How, how old were you then? 18 and a half. That is like... You, That's sick. You can't... And I'm trying when I when I'm when I'm coaching over here and stuff. I can't say how valuable that is. Do you know what I mean? When even if you're not getting paid or you're not at the level you want to make, or maybe you're in an academy or maybe you're at uni or whatever it is, to be able to train twice a day at 18 is like if you want to be a footballer, you have to do that. 100%. No matter what, no matter where what level it's at, you got to find it somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think people realize at that. Like the Teenage level age. of commitment that yeah. you need to have. Yeah, yeah Everyone right. sacrifices. Yeah. Parents sacrifice the most at the yeah. end of the day. But if you want to sacrifice and literally give it a try, I highly suggest giving it a go. Even taking here in Australia, punt. taking a punt. Because yeah. you don't want to always say that, even when I moved over, I don't want to come back to Australia or be at the end of my career and say, I didn't give it a go. Mm. And that's literally was my mantra. Just give it a go and see what happens. And yeah, it took a while. 
So your your parents are they first generation? Yes, they moved over in eighty five, and okay. I was born here. So My you're first generation there. Australian. How did your parents feel? They've moved over here from Macedonia, and then you go back and play there. Well, <laughs> how did it? They feel they love the fact that I played for Mas- yeah. like played for the national team, yeah. but I never lived in Macedonia. Okay. I was only like there for holidays or for the national team, which was every month. But then, yeah, to go to Croatia, I remember when I was jumping on the flight, my mum goes, and I knew a bit of Macedonian, but in Australia, you know, we mix everything yeah. and whatnot. And then she just said, when you go there, they say hi and bye, they say book. Mm. And I went, what do you mean? Like, I know hi in Macedonian and you can say ciao. Mm. They go, no, no, they say book. And I went, <laughs> what? what? That? She goes, good luck with it. Oh, and that was it. And I go, you know, I'll figure it out. So I bought a thesaurus. And um, I was watching a lot of the old school, like full frontals on TV, and I would read the subtitles, and that's how I learnt the language. And oh, I speak wow. it fluently Fluent. because I was watching wow. TV. I was, well, I was doing two times a day training. Yeah, in fair. between was sleep, eat, and, then, and just and um, a of, um, learning. You know, just, just and being a kid, I guess. And you're in the capital, right? So you're yeah. So but no money. Was so the, it's, yeah. not, it's not fun when you have no money. But was you know the majority I mean? of that squad Croatian? They were all Croatian. Yeah. There was um, probably one guy from Switzerland, but he was Bosnian, so he knew the language and he was from that area. So I was the only foreigner, but they considered me Macedonian. So, but then when I try to explain I'm from Australia, they go, oh, "You're a kangaroo." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, but no, you're still Macedonian. It's fine." And I didn't even know how to speak Macedonian that well, nor write my name in the Macedonian alphabet yeah. or whatnot. So it's hard. It's I was, hard when you. Like I, I was culture. oblivious, yeah, which the, was good. If I knew too much, like kids know nowadays. Mm. They expect so much now. Like I had no idea. And that's what probably kept me in Europe. It, it keeps you humble as well. And it keeps well, you just working for what you're there for. Well, yeah. My dad said, if you don't like that, my dad has a concrete and company goes, you're going to be on the shovel, boy. And <laughs> well, I said, I ain't jumping on. These hands are too out. sensitive for shovel, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's hundreds. a story that so many wogs can relate with right now, yeah. I'm sure. But let's talk about playing for Macedonia because it's something that we've talked about. You know, I'm mixed race. You're mi- you're not mixed race, yeah, but you're mixed cultures. You've mixed culture. For sure. There's, there's always that idea of potentially playing for Australia as well. Right. And what that would have meant. Do you think that having parents from Macedonia made that role that you played in that team so special or growing up, was there ever a part of you that also was interested in representing Australia? I never even wanted to play football yeah. to be that, you know, to yeah. where I was going to get. I yeah. loved football. I found it, just relaxing you get a you're out of the world when mm-hmm. you're on that pitch so i always looked at it that way and obviously being at home always spoken macedonian always you know the whole cultural and traditional thing but i just just gave it a go i never really looked too deeply into it and australia never called i was never in the ais yeah. system when i was yeah. living here so no one would have known who i was mm-hmm. over there and when the national team did call and i was think i was i was 22 23 sorry so I was about four years in as a professional and my dad goes, oh, wait, the soccer is my call. And I went, dude, they don't even know that I exist. Like, mm. why would I, Macedonia kept me in Europe yeah. and playing for the national team pulled me on a different scale where clubs were interested. Because if I didn't play for Macedonia or any national team, they I'd just be another fish They might have not known yeah. who you, you, your career might have not have gone as far as it had gone because you feel because in Australia you weren't really getting the recognition it is crazy it is crazy how players you know they do tend to slip through the system a little bit you think obviously you think of um, Valparo if he did if he didn't go Tony Bash didn't take a punt on him and go to just put him on a trial and remain well, to be fair he's been Rome. going a lot he was going for years yeah. back to Italy and he's got family mm. there so he was always in that 
you would say system and he was in the AC Milan system mm. as well so he was, he was going already, there all the time okay. he was coming back here but he was going all the time but then like you said if he didn't go and actually stayed who knows because he was he was coming back all the time so if he didn't actually stay who would have known mm. so you know there's so, always players you know so for you it was those tapes that you sent over to Macedonia I've for your find uncle that it's pretty, yeah man that is Bring so it. pretty epic. bad man <laughs> I feel like it's kind of the story that I, when I was younger, I would have imagined that's how every footballer made it. And then as you get older, you realize how much politics is in the game. Yeah, it's all about, not all about, but I'm saying it helps with, especially who you know, or like what what case you can present to mm. a club, you know, in, in a certain way for them to be interested to even give you a trial. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or look at you in, in that way, which, you know, it's, it's hard, as it, hard enough as it is. And then if you're a foreigner, they go, well, we, why can't you just make it in your own country anyway? Well, <laughs> you're a foreigner. You're actually thrown in the deep end even more than yeah. anybody oh. else. But I would say it's luck as well. Yeah. Um, you got to be at the right place at the right time. How that is, <laughs> you just don't know with, yeah. with life in general, let alone football. And it's funny that you say those things because it is actually true. As a foreigner, and this is what I you know, say to the kids in the academy and even players and whatnot, I go, overseas it's that competitive they want you the next day they look for reasons how to get rid of you mm. yeah. and as a foreign it's even harder yeah. so if you what do you have to do you have to work twice as hard as everybody else understand that they'll get pampered more than you but you're a foreigner you're in their country and i felt that my first year at then zagreb and it's a story i always tell the kids i go oh you think it's hard i go i remember once in the change room i can't went to the bathroom i come back and my boots are gone and it's snowing outside. And I went, okay. And I didn't know the language that well. And I asked some of the boys, like, oh, yeah, nerves numb, nerves numb. Like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so we go outside. So I went outside with no boots in the snow, freezing. Oh, wow. And the coach goes, where are your boots? In Croatia. And I went, <laughs> someone's taking them. You know what the coach said? Go to my place, go get them. So he knew straight away what oh, they were doing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Boots back on. Man, I couldn't feel my toes for like two oh, days and I had four wow. sessions as well. Oh, man. He's but like, that yeah, was what it was. Before. And I said, I could have just kicked and screamed. And so, oh, where's my boot? Yeah, yeah. like created something. I was like, man, just shut up and just keep going. And mm. that's pretty much how you have to look at it. And, you know, I always say if you persist with anything, let alone football, you will prevail eventually. It took me five years. Wow. Mm. And you might find that you have some cold toes at through the whole process, but you get there. You get there. I didn't get paid properly. I, yeah. I was my first contract, and say it all the time was two hundred euro a month. Oh, sorry, Jesus. sorry, take it back. Eight hundred euro a month, and I barely got the how full amount it? for. How you survive? And you were and you were full time. And I was full time professional. Nineteen. Oh, yeah. So was that your parents supporting you through a lot of? It well, as well, we um our food and um apartment was paid, paid for, for yeah. so that's all i need i just mm. said i just need a coffee so if you get 30 percent that month yeah you're saving your your it's, sense it's true when you're, you know what i mean wow. when, you're young, when, you're, when you're young you like as long as i have food and i and i've got a man i was know, hungry all the time though yeah food, when you're young like, oh, you're i was hungry as well. all the you're time training. they gave us food but you know what like give you that low tier crap yeah and it's like <laughs> can i have just another piece of bread and they're like nah I'm like, Damn, <laughs> that's man, all you wow. get that's the portion you get yeah and that was pretty much it but i never looked at it that way i never looked at it you know this would be the stages of me making it i never thought of that i never even realized what was going on and that's probably what i'm saying is probably what helped me that i didn't know and i was that oblivious to it wow i want to talk i want to touch on the academy stuff that you do as well but we'll get to that after this important question which cords asked it's around the world cup being now 48 teams 
Um, and do we think that that's going to do a lot for Macedonia moving forward as we like increase the team numbers in the World Cup? But also on that, you also were part of that Macedonia squad that knocked Italy out of the World Cup. Oh, I'm still playing now. Ish? No, I, re- I, re- I well, knew- can you tell us? I never announced my. Okay. I didn't want to announce my retirement yeah. because I just, just didn't. I just didn't want to play anymore. Okay. Um, but when Macedonia made it, those players were the ones underneath us. Okay. So when I was playing, like the captain, not Pandev, the vice captain, he yeah. was my my bencher, you would say. Yeah. Yeah. But he was coming up the ranks, and that whole generation. That was like the first under 21s national team that actually made the Euros, yeah, well. which no one had known. So they kept that generation and they did what I even think the Socceroos should do is get a team and put them in teams that they will actually play. Mm. Bunch of players. Mm. They're playing regularly in Europe, wherever it is, mm. and build them up, right? And that's what Macedonia kind of did. And they were all playing abroad and they gelled together. And if you're gelling five, six years, that's why Macedonia, well, North Macedonia is what politically correct is nowadays yeah. that's so they how they got the there because they were together to, for, for that for wow. like five or so years and made sure those players More. in that team were all playing in like certain teams but they always came together to yeah like Dalioski wasn't in Leeds United at the time mm. either so when I was there he wasn't he was just a kid coming up and then he went and made his transfers and a few other players made their transfers and they came in and they kept that team together because when I was there there was always five six players new faces coming in you're like I couldn't remember their names. Like mm. after a year, I was like, "Dude, well, like you got your regulars, but you got all these other people." And when you'd have that, it's like he comes in one one time, and then the next national team, not, they're not yeah. there, and he was really unstable. Mm. And that's why Pundit retired as well. He said, mm. "I'm done," and I was there with him. And he goes, "Cause he and I were the only players playing in the Champions League at mm. the time, and I was benched for another kid to kind of shine." And he goes, "You know what? Screw this." In the lift, he I'm goes, not. "I'm done," wow. and that was. Yeah, and I said, well, I was just disappointed I didn't get mm, to play. And he mm. goes, no, I'm done. And it was in Serbia we played and he had retired until a few years later he did come back. And because of that system, that did not work. You say um, you played in the Champions League. Well, didn't you mark Hazard a game? Yeah, I marked him before because we played Belgium. T- so t- talk to, to me about that. Oh, dude. <laughs> How is it marking Hazard? Dude, I knew you were going to come up with this. <laughs> I watched your other like? podcast about did Chelsea he- and all that. <laughs> the one last week you guys were talking about it, but... Um, no, it was, it, I was oblivious again. Yes, mm. social media was out, but mm. not to that extent. I didn't know, how what, can I what, say? What I year was this again? Because um, I'm trying to think. Mourinho what? was the coach. Fuck, that's, that's like. Do you want me to tell you the starting like, lineup? That's like up and coming Hazard. Like, Dude, you want me to tell you the starting rapid, lineup? Yeah, fast this is Hazard like, at 100 mil, not now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's 100 The starting lineup we had played. So. I take it back. We played him in the Europa League the uh, year before, and okay. they had won it that year. Uh, yeah, and we knocked out Ajax, which was crucial. Um, Ericsson wow. was in the team. We beat him on penalties. That's wild. I was coming back from a broken leg, so I, I know what you're feeling. Oh man! And I was so eager to get ready. And I remember when we won that game, I said to the physio, "Get my ass ready for these games." I still had plates and screws in there, but I didn't really care. Yeah. And I'd gone through not yeah. getting paid for years. Like I'm not going to miss this opportunity. And we won the first game. This is Europa League. One nil at home. Mm. The second game, we're winning one nil at Stamford Bridge. Mm. So aggregate, we're two nil up. Yeah, man. John Terry decides to score. Lampard decides to score, <laughs> oh. and Torres decides to score in the second wow. half. 
and then we come in. Oh, just wait till I give you the starting lineup, and then we get drawn in the Champions League with them. And I'm like, man, give me somebody else. Yeah. I already played. <laughs> Chelsea again. I already got to see Stamford Bridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we played him at home, and Mourinho they had hadn't won that month, or they had drawn once or twice, and Mourinho was under the pump, and we were doing well. And this is where you get to see the difference in skill level. Just we always say, you know, you see the see the pass two passes ahead. Man, when I saw them play, it was like four passes ahead. You can mm. see a run happening. I'm like, shit, this, this, this is different. True. The starting lineup: Peter Cech, mm. Ivanovic. Oh Lord. Wait. John Terry. Oh man. What's the Brazilian? Louise. David Louise. Left back Ashley Cole. <laughs> no, not Ashley Cole. It's Ashley Cole era. Yeah, it was still there, man. Um, oh. Midfield Ramirez. Oh, that's a strong mid. Lampard. Yeah. I've got to remember the other guy. I think it was um, starts with an M. Matu. Oh, Morales. Raul Morales. <laughs> I'm not remembering at the moment. Um, winger Hazard. Yeah. Striker Eto. Oh, that's a, yeah, yeah. And Eto'o. I can't remember the other bloke. And I think it was Oscar. Oscar. And oh, the, that Chelsea team. Just wait. This is even worse. The twelfth minute, Eto goes down, and we're Injured. like, sweet. Guess who comes on? Torres. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> Dude, we're getting pumped, man. And um, oh, we lost 4 0. I got booed off the field, man. Uh, I had, oh, Shudler. Some... Shudler was on my side. Oh, Hazard yeah. was on the other side, or I think he was injured or something like that. But wow. was it an, was it was there like such an experience that, like, you had to. Is it one of them times where you pinch yourself? Because you've come from Australia playing from playing in Marconi and then you're playing in the Champions League against Hazard. Well, it Hazard. took me five years it to took, get there. Saying, man, I was, was playing it, was it, second was, year. Was, was there ever a moment in that match where you were like, Okay, like I'm here. Like, do you know what I mean? I actually tried harder that game, to be honest. Mm. And that's why I played so poorly. Yeah. Mm. It was the worst game I ever played, but it's because I actually put pressure on myself to perform. Mm. Man, I was playing second division Croatia. We got relegated. Man, there were cows next to the stadium. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, from there that's to in humbling. front of 50,000, you're like, what's going on? And the yeah. good thing is, like, you never look at it because we were playing games, we were in hotels four nights a week. We had two games a week. And. Mm. You don't have time to figure out who you're playing. Like, I remember my mum will go, just message me when, wherever okay, you are. Yeah. I go, mum, we arrived. She goes, where? I go, I don't know. There's no welcome sign. I didn't even know what country we're in because oh it was always gosh. flight here, bus to this. Just tell me where it is. You well, you don't really know. It's like, meet us at this time. And then there's a bus to the plane to go somewhere to go play this game to whatever it is. And it's just like that. For, Does that mean year. that a lot of those experiences say, for example, what you've just, just described? A lot of realizing what a big moment that was comes after when you reflect on it. When I came to Australia is when I realized that I actually played against these players. I never even realized. That is wild. You know, you want to tell you a funny story? We, I, when I was retiring, sorry, I'll take it, a few years into victory when I was here, a photo came out in the newsletter, in the newspaper, sorry, newsletter, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and um, it was a photo of me and Mo Salah. And I went, when did I, I play him? Oh my. I thought days. someone had edit, edited it. Anyway, and I went into it and it was like, he was wearing Buzzle and we oh, played Buzzle in the Champions League. Shit. So I messaged, I go, Mum, can you just go like, because she has typical, like, in Vlad Rap in all, this, all the. Oh, I go, Mum, go into the, where the jerseys are and see the game versus Buzzle, whose it is. And she goes, Oh, it's, it says M. Salah. I was like, Oh, so I actually changed with Mo Salah. <laughs> oh and this God. was years later, which I didn't, like I wow. said, you just never even know. And they're still in Glad Rap. They're still my parents' house. That I don't even know crazy. what's in there because you just, it's so surreal. But it's like, you think it's like a movie where it's like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. 
it ain't. You can't. That's so, that's so cool though. And now when, like I don't speak about it as much, but when I do, it rem- like it reminds me of things. And that moment that you asked, what was your best? We were, we won the league and in Romania. So after being relegated three times in five years, my first five years as a professional, we won the league two years in a row. And that first year, man, it was about 57,000 the stadium and then another 50,000 outside around the mm-hmm. double-decker bus. Wow. And me being me, I just threw my jersey, my shorts, my socks out. I was stuck in my underwear <laughs> in front <laughs> of 50,000 and then just pied it up. And the worst thing is I didn't even get to enjoy it because the next day I had a flight to go to Sweden for the, the national, national team. team. So wow. you don't really have time to you realize. Don't, you don't really rest as a I got to Sweden. Right? I saw Ibrahimovic. I like, oh, we're going to play against him. And I'm like, man, my thigh's kind of hurting. I had a bloody tear in my thigh. I didn't even realize. Oh, so I said, I can't. I only had two weeks off. I can't play. But I was wow. just watching Ibrahimovic. And I'm like, damn, he's big. That's, that's that's crazy. That's some wild that's stories. Crazy. And I feel like, um, do you, I don't feel like a lot of people know because um, well, how I first came across you was... Um, oh, yeah, we need to dive into... Yeah, so basically how I started <laughs> how you know supporting the Wanderers was through my um, roommate, who's also his name is Daniel at the time. And he was like, yeah, you need to come down and watch the Wanderers. And like, we've got a, this left back called Georgeski and he's he's good. Like, he's a character. Blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> come watch. I was like, nah... Yeah, you know what? No, I like, like him. fighting that game, yeah. probably. No, no, <laughs> but it was like um, he he was like he, watch him. He kind of embodies like what Western Sydney Wanderers are, and I'm a, I'm left footed, so I played left back or and left centre back. So I kind of watched you that game. And I was like, yeah, nah, I like this team. And you were you were I think we were playing a back three. I think it was you was left playing wing the, back, I and then it was German. Back. Like Matt German, Matty like, German centre back, yeah. uh, McGowan and Ziegler, I think. Or something yeah, Ziegler. Like. And no. I was having to. Up and down, you were doing doggies, you were doing doggies. They didn't help me out, the structure didn't help me out at all. He's like, you got to be on the back post when they're attacking and then be on the back post defending. I'm like, dude, I'm a marathon runner, what the hell? Left wing back is a... a, And I'm not even left footed. Wing back in general is... And I'm not even left footed, I'm like, geez. When I came to Australia, they go, can you play? I'm like, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Musky goes, we need a left back. I go, okay. I'm eight years in Europe, right back. He goes, I'll figure it out. And then I just created my own way and lucky enough... The brace for six weeks with yeah. my left foot helped me out eventually. Because yeah. in Europe, you're one-footed, you're in that position. And Did you enjoy it. enjoy playing for Western Sydney? Was the it first t- year, yeah. COVID had hit. Um, mm. That kind of sucked. Mm. Um, you know, kind of, we had, Babel had gotten fired and then JP took over and yeah. we were on momentum and then COVID hit. And then the next year, it was tough. Well, let's, nah. jump, let's jump into that because you're into Lions now. You've obviously got a history with Marconi. So that NPL connection is really strong with you as well. But you've played with a few different clubs in the A-League. So like, let's kind of break down the different... Let's start off with the one big question that comes up all the time on Born Offside. It is, what is the actual difference between NPL and A-Leagues in terms of quality of football, in terms of talent? I think it's something that we can debate to no end because there's evidence of talent on, on both sides. But I'd love to get your perspective, having played both... And and you clearly know it very well. Yeah. Um, to be fair, there are players in the A-League that shouldn't be there. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Straight up. Straight when up. I look at it, I'll go, how is this guy playing? Like, mm, honestly, yeah. like... Who? No, they, just kidding. No, <laughs> too many. <laughs> there are players that are, like, always at that, you know, like, that's where you're going to get. Fringe players. Is like on Or the they'll team. be playing as well. And I'm like, how? Like, mm. get, give a younger player the opportunity. Or mm. someone that will actually have ambition to go bigger. Players are just content. And that's what frustrates me. It's like, how can you be content? Football's glass is always half full. Mm. So why are you content at half full? Like, 
push yourself. And I don't refer I, to I my like, story. It's I more feel like that's the that's yeah. the um, problem with coming at the semi-pro level because I was always at the semi-pro level trying to go pro, right? Mm. But the thing is, when you're at the semi-pro level and you're getting paid, everyone's content. So you're not you're the only person that wants to go higher. Whereas, like, I feel like at the professional level, everyone should be wanting to go higher, not content. Well, if your minimal wage is sixty thousand or something yeah. like that. Man, that's a good wage for not even finishing school or doing any education. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've made sacrifices. 60 grand is too much in my eyes. Mm. And it frustrates me the fact that it's that high because mm. it's competing with AFL and NRL. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm. Like football, you yes, there's sacrifices. But like I said, the parents sacrifice the most. Kid yeah. making 60K, they're content. Yeah. Come on, man. They, you know, you're, you're playing soccer. 60 yeah. grand is too much in my eyes. But that's a whole different debate yeah. if we were to go there. But... I think we the can go there. Oh, how long is the podcast? <laughs> you go for, you know? as, as it's just more the Part fact two. that they need. It needs to be there now. To answer your question, I see players in the NPL. Obviously, well, I didn't want to play. To be pretty honest, I, yeah. I retired. I was done. I yeah. was enjoying my life. My got my little boy now. I got a little girl as well. I was just happy. I had no knee injuries. I mm, I could uh, bend over and I can stay yeah, for ten minutes on my knees. Yeah. You know what fine. I mean? So I was content. And then you know my academies were part of that academy there and. Um, and the, the TD asked me, he goes, oh, do you want to play? I'm like, that's a big call, man. I go, really, no. You <laughs> not, know, like, not really. I've, res- I've a lot of respect for the guy. George Paradis has been around the, you know, New South Wales and Sydney Olympic and all that for years and just a beautiful person. And he goes, look, need your help. I want to get promoted. And I'm like, to what? Like, what? Yeah. I, I didn't know the What's system. The yeah. well, I left so long ago and I had no interest in it. And to answer your question, there are players that have ambition that haven't gotten the opportunity. Um, but they're still pushing. But then there is a time limit where they're like, okay, now I have to focus on my studies because this ain't happening. And that's reality of football. That's 99% of players. But there are the 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 differences, and I think when you watch the Australian Cup or the FFA Cup when mm-hmm. I was playing, when the top team of MPL1 play against A-League, A-League players are in their mid-pre-season. So they ain't even into their seasons yet. MPL1 are in their season mm. and they're in, you know, they've got form, they've got confidence and they are still kind of par and par. Mm. You know, and I remember when we played, I think it was Wanderers and I think we played Sydney, it was, United. was it Sydney United, mm. I think it was. And there was a few players that were, came from the Wanderers system and whatnot. Man, I scored two goals. Yeah, We pumped them, I think, 6 and it was a fight or whatnot. And I think it was 6-1 or something like that. And I said... There's a difference. There's a yeah. big difference, and it makes sense if you're training every day, compared to someone Absolutely. that's training three it's times a, a week. Time job. It's a different top, and the training that you get is different. So that's why you cannot compare. But if mm. you put them in that environment, hundred mm. percent. Mm. But again, that person looks at it and goes, "Yeah, but I can go and make, you know, go play my football, make X amount, go mm. and work, which could be for the next forty years of my life." They look at it like that. I never did that. I just went. Man, I don't want to touch a shovel. I'm going to go yeah. figure this out. All football. You just call it because you don't want to retire or get to the latter stage of your, in your career and say, I didn't give it a go. Mm. And that's what I tell all the kids. Give it a go. I want to ask you about also coaching in Australia because I coached in England, I've coached over here as well. And the kids, right? I feel like the kids over here are a little bit privileged in a sense. In, certain, in the sense of they don't have that that dog, as you call it. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. Like the fact, like you don't want to, the, it's, it's more coming from the parents than it is coming from them. Have you found that You answered that the as question well? right there, man. Yeah. It's the parents. Mm. It's the parents. 
It's not the kid. The kid, kids are innocent. I'll always say that's why I got into academy work because I've just, while I was still playing, I saw how it was and I saw, you know, how, you know, you would see you do promos and whatnot and I'll see it and I see the kids are innocent, man. They don't know, like they just hear things. They're sponges. Mm. And then you hear parents and I'm like, man, I've got to change this narrative Yeah. because they think the more money they spend, the kid's going to get better. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> nah, that's not how it I works. I could not, even, even not with how... my academy, man, I go, guys, don't, you're at a certain age, I'll give you a story. Yeah. A kid, saw him once, we were doing this tournament and you can see a good little player. I think he was 11 years old. And I go, hey, are you enjoying it? He goes, oh man, it's a lot of work. And I'm like, you're 11, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, oh, if we do four days, I go, oh, it's all right. I go, what do you do on the fifth? He goes, I rest. And I went, you're 11 years old and you're resting on a day. I go, man, we had the ball eight days of the week because mm. it wasn't a job. Yeah. We enjoyed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Three days later, speaking to some parents, business partner goes, oh, that's the kid that you spoke to the first day. And I said to him, I go, look, the f your kid, he loves it. He enjoys it. All that. He said he enjoyed it. But the first thing he said to me was, it's a lot of work. And I went, man, pull it back a bit. Oh, we don't tell him what to do, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay. You know what they asked me at the end of it? I go, look, just pull it back. Just let him go and be a kid, mm. which is reality. I go, do you do 1v1s? And I went, he's already said, I've already oh, told you to know. And you. I'm like, man, I can jip some money out of these kids. Yeah. But I said, no, because it's not right. Like the kid still has to be a kid You're because so right. they hit a certain age. When they're 11, 12, like it's all ball. When they're doing physical stuff, it's all ball. They have to be comfortable on the ball and just enjoy the game because that's what it is. Football doesn't know you anything other than enjoyment. We're here because we're mm. enjoying the game. Mm. It's it's like, yes, it's competitive and all that, but they think by training hard, you'll gain a competitive edge. Now, that's distilled in you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super competitive. Now I've turned it down, but I was super competitive on the pitch, not now in every little thing. How did that come on me? Man, I don't know. I got relegated three times my first five years. There's no competitive there or, you know, you're pulling your hair out. It's a lot of negativity. It's distilled in you. They think that can be taught and people charge for that. It's yeah. like you cannot. Kids just have to have fun. When they hit a certain level, like you said, then you can go, okay, now we're at this level. Now we, the physical attributes come. Now, but if you've skipped the first step of the initial already, football yeah. of an enjoyment, man, you're already stuffed. And that's where I get it wrong. And that's when I look at it, I'm like, man, people need to relax. Like parents need to relax because yeah. the kid is innocent. And I always will say that. They hear their parents and they will repeat it. We got smacked in the back of the head if I repeated what my dad said, but he said in Macedonian, so <laughs> yeah. I couldn't translate in English. Yeah. But it was a different world what it was now, you know, and it's, you know, there's academies everywhere. And look, that's fair enough, you know. But the basic philosophy is football's fun. And they say, don't say that. I'm like, I had fun until I retired at 33. What, what's the difference? Do you know, it's funny. I was watching Son's highlight video today. He had his 100th goal over the weekend. And I looked back. I watched a good 10 minutes of this 30-minute highlight reel. And I thought the one thing that is consistent with Son is he reminds you that it's a game, that it's fun. The way it's that he funny, celebrates yeah, his goal, just so it happy. takes you back to that really innocent, youthful when you're playing with your friends in the park and you score a goal and it just feels so good. Rafael Leal is like that as well. He's always smiling when mm. he's just before he scores or something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. But that's what it is. It's so nice. That's what it is. And it's like you just said, it's like it reminds you back of we're a kid because, man, we were playing with the ball and we're kids. Yeah. If you get to be part of that for the rest of your life, why not? That's what it's about. And that's what frustrates me. That's why I say I try to change the narrative of that because, yeah, if I've, I've gone and done it, 
Mm. But I'm teaching you something that no one else can teach you, which is reality of football. Because I went and did it. Now I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. There's players that have had a better career than me, hundred percent. God, God, God bless them. Mm. Well done. Yeah. But I'm teaching you something that I lived through. I saw it. I saw how hard he was over there. Why don't you see many A League players actually playing in Europe? They're playing in Scotland now. A few, yeah. Few, mm. you know, players. Fair enough. But that's one league of Scotland, and we know other than the top two, three teams, the rest aren't okay, as full sure. on. Yeah. But why aren't more playing there? Because players in the A League won't be able to sustain it over there. Yeah, it's it's a different ball game, and you would know it. Yeah, yourself, they the say. Competitiveness. I mean, a lot of, in in England, they kind of think the if it's in the A League, they say it translates to maybe League One, League Two. I always I always think the A League's a little bit higher because I feel like it's, mm. it's the talent wise. I feel like it has, like you said, there's some players that you go well. I don't know if he should be in the A-League or not, but then there's other guys where you go, fuck, he could be, he's like young players, Kunda, you go, you go he's probably going to go Premier League, he's probably going to go a championship team or whatever. So it's like, it's hard to go, this translates to this because the league is so... Quality-wise, A-League is up there. Yeah, mm. I'm not, I, there's a there's a stat that my old agent sent out, like A-League's up there with high performance and all that stuff, like statistically like it's up there. fitness and all of Fitness that. and, you know, balls in the box, all, all this stuff, all they, you know, all those Optus scats and all that. Australia, A-League's up there. But yeah. what I'm saying about Europe is it's not the football. Mm. It's the lifestyle. Yeah, it's the understanding that what, what comes with that. Like I said to you at the start, when you get there, the next day they're trying to figure out how to get rid of you. In A League, they're like, "We've it. got you for two years." Okay, that's okay, <laughs> dude. Wow, are you serious, man? Trying to get rid of me? They just bore me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I it's think... a different ball game, and that's what Australian Australia doesn't have. Mm. It will never have because you said earlier to be pampered. Yeah. But when they go and see it, I hope they go and see it. It's such a good point. I think that security idea, feeling secure in your team, in your position, going not in another like language, you have to man. Earn it yeah. is it really changes the nature of your approach. Too easy. Yeah, you know, and is, that's what frustrates me. Is that a philosophy that you you're taking into your academy training now? Because for those at home who don't know you now, that's become a big thing for you, hasn't it? Kind mm. of, I guess, like you said, what you've learned, you now teach to younger generation. It's my bread and butter. Um, that's what I've wanted to do. And you know, when you retire, everyone's like, "Oh, you're supposed to be doing this or that." I came. I was going to live in Melbourne, to be honest. Um, mm. We were living in Melbourne at the time because I just finished in Melbourne City and. Pretty much that's what came got me to come to Sydney. Mm. You know, the, I was a TD at Inter Lions while yeah. I was playing at Wanderers and had that great relationship with one guy there. And he said, look, it's the academy's there. It's, it's the only sanctioned academy in New South Wales. So it goes through all the right mm. stuff, football New South Wales, CDSFA, all that. So it's structured right because that's what it should be. Um, we run that one. That's one location. We run a couple of training programs in other locations and I've got my own private academy for tournaments. So I'm looking at that and creating that narrative and it's still early days. You can't mm. jump and then everyone's going to listen to it today. No, I'm looking at it for the next 10, yeah, 15 yeah. years of actually getting the narrative right more to parents because mm. kids so won't know. Isn't it? The be, less they know, the better. Yeah. yeah it's be a scary world out there in football. Keeping it fun. Yeah. The, don't... It, you shouldn't feel like football is a job when you're 11 years old. No, it shouldn't. It was never a job even when it was a job. Yeah. And that's how I looked. When someone said, oh, you got work today, I'm like, dude, I'm just training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'll get that. to play one game a week. I go, I'm living the dream. Yeah. But that's yeah, because incredible. I went over there and I saw how it was. I go, now I'm living the dream. I shouldn't be living the dream at the start. Mm. should be working twice as hard like a dog, which I did over there, to get somewhere. And there was no guarantee either. 
well, there's more of a guarantee in Australia than there. But mm-hmm. I said, I'm not coming to Australia without succeeding something there. And I'm fortunate enough got to do it. That's really cool. Uh, do you see that in your kids too, the ones yeah. that you trained? Yeah, for me, it was it was really hard to, it depends because I did, I did the one-on-ones as well. And I also did the academy sessions. And then I also did like, two different academies like I was doing pretty much coaching full time and it was you on a job man you want to come with me man? <laughs> I, I love your doing, philosophy man <laughs> I, I was I was doing it to be fair I, I'm trying to I might try to get back into it but um it was just it was hard for me it was hard for me the one-on-ones I loved I love the one-on-ones because I feel like when I have a one-on-one with someone I can instill my mindset into that person a lot easier group sessions with depending on where like if the kids are paying if what academy it is you know, how much the parents are paying, that depends on how the kids are. Yeah. You know, and that's what I struggled with because I was just like, well, this person in the group wants to listen, but these other three, they clearly don't want to be here. And and then you have to try and mix a match. What do you do? I, when you have three. I, One, okay, but three? What do you do? How I how I did it was like, I just, I was always just a dickhead. Like, I was just like, if you don't want to be here, go away. I, like, and I don't care about the parents because I told the parents the same thing. Like, I'll tell them, this is what I. This is how I was successful. If you guys don't understand it, and I think because I have an English accent as well, it helps. <laughs> you know what I mean? It definitely does, uh, man. It, 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 it helps. So, does. so I, I kind of she's the man. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of was able to like get parents on my side from kind of being tough with the kids and also them understanding that I'm not doing. I think when you don't run a daycare center, yeah, you're running yeah, training. That, that, that kind of thing. But then I also was just a little bit frustrated at times as well, which is why I prefer the one-on-ones because it's just easier for me to build that relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And I know they're serious. So no, you're definitely right. Um, with, with a group of kids and now we, when we do our sessions, you have to understand the kids come from school, sugar rush, you know, I had a bad day in school, whatever. Yeah. I go, look, you're here by choice. Yeah. Mm. You're not forced to come here. No one's got a gun to your parents' head. Yeah. You're, for, you're not forced to come here. And the narrative which I'm trying to say is we don't yell either. Mm. I was aggro on the field, but here I'm calm. Mm. And you have to be calm because all I say is what do you do to a kid for them to listen? You take away something that they want, yeah. which is their fun. So yeah. I go, come stand next to me. <laughs> don't they touch hate, the ball yeah. come stand next to yeah, me yeah they hate that and like oh when am I going to play I go you're not well wait have you earned to play yeah I go no you're disturbing everyone else another 14 kids here or well, we cap it at 14 13 kids here there's two beautiful you can come stand on the other yeah, side of me yeah, and those I've little things you realise and then they you eventually it. get to them yeah. because at the end of the day I always look at it I have to earn their respect and trust even though they're a kid and then when I've got them that's when I Mm. go into my th- stuff and the thing is the ones that are most disrupt- disruptive because they just don't concentrate because they don't even know what ability they have and mm. now we go from base have two left feet two. to that kid that had two left feet in a year's time dude That's is in the advanced class Jeez, mm. i think i need to join <laughs> it's yeah. pretty it's fun yeah but again they look at it and they go oh but there's so much steps i go yes there is but we i'm still learning like i've my business partner been doing it for 10 years mm. i've been doing it for only a year and a well, since I retired, a year and a half. And I'm always learning because you always have different kids. You always have different Everything styles. Different, and yeah. you can just see when a kid listens. But how do you get that? It's patience. Yeah. It's, it's pure patience. You've got to tailor it to each individual. Yeah, and that's why people trip out. How are you patient and not swearing? I go, I love what I do. I'm, mm. I get to chill on my, my kids all day. Yeah. And I go do my academy work. I go, I'm, I'm loving it. And that's why my passion comes in that now. I love that. Like, that's awesome. 
really you gotta do it. it's 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 hard yeah it is it is hard it you, is, you can you was, can relate you can doing you a know? lot of coaching yeah, it is. <laughs> those 5 a.m wake up i used to do 5 a.m's and then you you get there and, all, and then also like you as a coach you got to set up what an hour you got to be there an hour before because you got up 30 minutes to and then afterwards it takes time to pack it up yeah it's like yeah it's really a lot, lot. It's a, if you enjoy it but it's good all right um, i'm gonna change up the pace a little now I think we, I'm glad, I feel like there's a business opportunity. <laughs> maybe, that. maybe, But I'll maybe. leave that for you I to know, discuss offline. Once it gets offline. this um, boot, get off it, man. boot yeah. man. Yeah, I love sure. it. We're going to do a start, Sorry. bench or sell, an A-League edition. This is being sent in by Crispy04. Loves, a, loves a, um, a question or a comment, this guy. He's fantastic. All right. So who are you going to sell? Who are you going to bench? Who are you going to start? Berisha, McLaren, Archie Thompson. Ooh, <laughs> my boy Archie. <laughs> that's a tough one. Which Barisha? The one that's now or Bessard? I yeah, before. Oh man, he's killed me there. <laughs> so I have to sell one. Sell, bench, start. Who's with Archie, it's hard because you don't know what day of the week it is with him. <laughs> um, I think, respectfully, of course. Because I'm good with all three They're of those boys. <laughs> you have to say that before you, yeah. you make that decision. I would, I would start Barisha because mm-hmm. he had a winning mentality. Love that. Every game, frustrating sometimes, but he was, he had that fire in him. I would bench Archie, and I'll sell McLaren. Okay. <laughs> We're talking different yeah. eras now. Yeah, you know what are. I mean? Like McLaren's at the moment, please. Brian, yeah. In you know, but. I think going off that, yeah. All right. Well, we've whipped up some of our own and we're going to run through these. And then we're going to address Claude's question as well because we need to make him present in this, <laughs> in this mean, moment as well. We'll come present. back to it. But we're going to do it now, defenders. These are Nigel Bugard, Nick Ansel, Dylan McGowan. What about him? Oh, you do the same Start, thing? bench, sell. I'll sell McGowan. Never rated him. <laughs> nice bloke but yeah. football no I would bench Ansel and play Bogart love it that was way easier than the other <coughs> that one that was very easy that much. really the other one really got you thinking alright so now Claude's asked he's a bit cheeky he did ask this question <laughs> he said the World Cup is now 48 teams yes how many teams will it have to expand to for Macedonia to make the World Cup 104 <laughs> <laughs> well the way they structured the Euros that's what got us into the Euros mm-hmm. to be fair so if they can structure the same for the World Cup, <laughs> man, I'll be cheery. I'll be there. For, oh, man, that'll be amazing for the for a small country like that. It'll be amazing even just in general to be like, it was amazing they got to the Euros and wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, if they structure it in a way that helps us out. I mean, not quite 104. I think that's a bit stuck. Yeah, he's, nah, he's, he's, he's kind just, of shot me in the foot there. Learned, 104, no, Jesus He's Christ. just bitter because he's Italian. So oh, yeah. look, I did cop a bit. Um, because of from the that, Italians from yeah, that, and from I said, "Look, match. you guys suck if you're losing to Macedonia." <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to tell like, you? Honestly, honest. I was watching the game, and I was like, "Okay, he's going into extra time." And I saw him score. I went, "The first thing I said was, uh oh, <laughs> all these Italians gonna hate on <laughs> me." It. And the social media went on, <laughs> and oh. I was like, "Were you in Australia at the time?" Yes, yes, I was in. Um, I was in Melbourne. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Lucky I don't. I have it all on mute. You what avoided Ligon Street at all costs. A hundred percent. It was. Should have posted a picture of you playing for Macedonia. That was it. Should have pulled out a random jersey yeah, from the right. Gladbro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would have burned a few people. Yeah, no, nah, I don't. Oh, I don't get into that. I don't get into the people. Yeah. No. Nah. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such an interesting talk from your experiences playing to what you're doing now with the Academy. I think it's brilliant and I encourage people to check out your socials and, and, and I everything that, that you're doing. I love live on socials, to be honest. I'm yeah. not into that. You need to be, bro. I know I need to be. Especially I'm just... if, you've got your, if you've got your own academy. Yeah, it, you know, no, I do, I do. If you've got your own academy and you're coaching in the Alliance and you're ex-player, you know, that it's... I, I, I say to people now... It's, it's even if you've got no interest in like going mm. viral or anything like that it's more like just to people to see what you're doing in the chances where because for me when I was doing one-on-ones that was what was getting me a lot of business yeah. no 100% like people were seeing it and then business there was opportunity yeah I'm telling you they were seeing it through we'll that we'll do part. a second episode no you're absolutely right and that's sure. why it's cha- how to change you have to get to the whole thing but yeah. look social media is huge yeah. um, which like you said it's where people go and see it um but yeah, there's just some things when I see out there mm. and I don't want to be perceived that way Fair because enough. it's it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah it's like, that's true. Dude, like you're so you're marketing this, like you've not you know, I don't I don't respect it because I know that it's not real. Yeah. And but I think a huge me. a huge part of sharing is also the like the, the possibility of being taken out of context as well or being misunderstood. Of course, come especially with nowadays. Oof. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. That's why I avoid it. But, but if people uh, do... <laughs> just put a soccer ball emoji yeah. everywhere. <laughs> safe. The it's safe one. If people do want to find out more about your academy, what can they what can they search? I actually just finished the website. So there you go. Ah, oh, perfect. It's, um that's, that's our private one. And then we do the cbfi.com.au. cbfiacademy.com.au. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's all there. It's um, yeah. I don't care what the emblem is. It's football. It's us there. It's not my awesome. name, and no, I'm not rocking up. No, yeah. no, I'm there it's all sick. the time with my business partner. That's and, brilliant, fantastic. And we're there. Yeah, it's good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having it's me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Bringing back a lot of memories, man. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Now all these things ticking in my head. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna now. You're gonna be driving home just thinking. Oh, about it's all gonna these be torture now. <laughs> You'll think of all these stories. You're like, I wish. Well, we can have you on again. For sure. You think of some really cool stories that you want to share. You're always welcome on the couch here. But for everyone at home, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel 2.0. Tech-us. The other Daniel. I'm, I'm, I'm Daniel 2.0. Yeah. Sorry, Daniel, my respectfully. bad. I looked, the, I looked the wrong way at the time. <laughs> no, okay. thanks for having he, me. He's it's all fun. on Tech is to our audience anyway. Uh, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe and we will see you on Monday.